I may ask for everyone to stand up, please, for a word of prayer. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise, Lord, for this opportunity that we have to study your word, be able to read openly, read, take it, analyze it, um, take it as is, sometimes debate with it, but at the end of the day, you are the final word. Thank you again, and may you open our hearts and our mind to, to your word, and we continue to, to study the, the book of Philippians. And this we pray, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. In some cases, the book of Philippians is to be, uh, sometimes they mistakenly call the book of Philippines. And it's like, uh, <laughs> it's like, oh, there's a book from, from my country. It's like, wow. But, uh, no, it's not. So, but, so the book of Philippians, as we have studied, has, is really, really a lot of things. Last, like last week, we have heard of, uh, what we've learned is basically that particular portion from, from pastor that we've learned that it was a portion we're in. There have lots of surprises. And in today, what we'll do is to continue with that from 18 to 26, is basically learning the win-win situation of Paul. Uh, no matter where we go, if you are in Christ, no matter what happens to you, if you are in Christ, you're in a win-win situation. The condition is you need to trust the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to believe the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to obey and follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Not just by saying, I believe. We need to accept and follow His Word. As we have on the screen, um, this is basically a, a choice we are also facing ourselves. There's choices that we do in our life, but then there's always supposed to be one supreme goal. And this is what Paul is going to, to do. I have the control. Philippians 18 to 16 is basically, basically Paul's deliverance does not depend on whether he leaves or he dies. Okay, it's basically, when, when, if he dies, then fine. If he lives, it's okay. But we will know how he responded to it in a very, very, um, I mean, not, not a biblical way, a knowledgeable way. From one of the references uh, Pastor Brent provided me, uh, a book by Don Carson. This is what it says. Paul summarizes his values in For me, to leave is Christ and to die is gain. This is in verse 21. In the context to leave is Christ, 
surely centered or surely means that for Paul to keep on living here means ministry. Christ-centered ministry, Christ-empowered ministry, Christ's presence in his ministry. To die is to bring that ministry to an end, but even so, there's only gain. Since the ministry is not an end in itself, and it's, it is now swallowed up in the glorious delight of the unshielded presence of the exalted Jesus himself. This is from one of the, the written um, commentary of Dan Carson, and I believe from what I was told, Dan Carson became part of Snowden as well. As we read through Philippians 18, this we went through last time, but what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. He rejoices. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice. For I know, he knows it very well, and I really hope that this will be the same thing when our ministers or our uh, missionaries, when they go out to the field, Okay, that this will be the statement as well. For I know that through your prayers and the help given by the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. What will happen to our missionaries will turn out for their deliverance because of our prayers who are here. 20. I eagerly expect and hope that I will no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage So that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. And then this is the meat of the message. For me, for Paul, to leave is Christ and to die is gain. Um, I was about to put this in different languages. I tried Farsi. It will not work. I listened to um, Majid's message. I was trying to follow. I can't. It will do injustice to the message. So I would like to invite people who have different, like French, if I may ask to come front, up front please, with the French Bible, to read this verse in that particular language. Anyone, please. I want to involve the people here with the languages. French. Anyone, please? Any French Bible? Thank you. Um, from uh, Iranian Bible, Farsi. Can somebody come in front, please? To read this particular scripture. We would like to hear it. Tagalog language, Filipino language. Anyone, please? No? We have a lot of Filipinos here. They don't speak that language? <laughs> That's a surprise. <laughs> Any other languages, please? Uh, Chinese? Anyone? 
Don't be shy. Japanese. Any other language. From Ghana. No? Okay. Oh, Spanish. Yes, Spanish, please. Spanish. Yes, thank you. Yes, it was. Who else? Any other language that you're in your hands right now to read Philippians 1.21 and to listen. I, I, as I said, I was about to, to, to put this and try it myself, but I will do injustice and it's really not good. Yes, the microphone please. Philippians 1.21. Which language is this? This is in Tagalog. All right. Filipos 1, versículo 21. Sapagkat sa ganang akin, ang nabubuhay ay si Kristo at ang namatay ay pakinabang. I'll repeat. Sapagkat sa ganang akin, ang mabuhay ay si Kristo at ang mamatay ay pakinabang. Kinaba. Okay. This is Persian. Yes, please. Zira maqsud man az zindagi Masih ast va mordan niz be sud man tamam mi shavad. Amen. Amen. You see if I tried that I don't know what's going to come out. In French? French, please. Ka Chris MRV el amor metengen. Merci. Spanish. Español. Filipenses 1.21 Porque para mí el vivir es Cristo y el morir es ganancia. Thank you. Are there words that you sounded like familiar and you understood? Christ. If you look at it, the Word of God is always focused on Christ. No matter what you put in the middle or sandwich it, Christ. The center of the message is always going to be Christ. For Paul, and I really pray and hope that we could always say as well, to leave is Christ and to die is gain. Because Christ will always be the center of what we live for. No matter how it is, what's going on around the world, it will always be the Lord Jesus Christ. He said it because well, we know that he was in jail. And in cases right, like right now with what's going on globally, I'm pretty sure some people would say, not maybe here, but maybe in China or in the Philippines or wherever near that commotion of what's going on right now, people may have said, look, I would rather be dead than be sick. Instead of saying, I would rather be alive and be with Christ to do the ministry, no matter if I'm sick or not, but if I die, if I do the job of Christ for Christ, then I'm, it's a gain. This is an issue for many born-again children of God. When we look at what is waiting for us, there is a great desire to go to be with the Lord. We're not referring to suicidal tendencies, okay? Please. I mean, we'll say, oh, I want to die now. It's like, no, that's not what it is. We're talking about being homesick for our heavenly home. 
imagine if your home is built in heaven, how will it look like? We long to be reunited with loved ones who have already gone to that place. There are troubles, trials, tribulations that we long to escape. But greater than those things that are in heaven and greater than will not be in heaven is the fact that when we leave this we walk or walk of life, we will forever be in the presence of God our Father and Jesus our Savior. Though heaven is enticing, we must not forget that we are on earth for a reason. Believers in Christ are here for a reason. We're not just to sit around. We're not just to, to um, you know, we listen every Sunday, we come over, then go back home, have our lunch, uh, watch the Super Bowl, especially like tonight, and then sleep over again, go to work. I mean, no, we, we have some things to do in life. We need to share the gospel. We need to communicate with our Lord Jesus Christ. We need to pray to God. We need, we need all these things that we need to do. That's our reason for living. In fact, the reason that we are still on earth is because God is not finished with us yet. Is that true? He's not done with you, with us, especially with me. I have so many curves in my life that needs to be cut. There are people all around we who could or should benefit from, from where life of Christ is. There are lost people who need to hear about salvation through Jesus Christ. And there are saved people who need to be mentored and encouraged, discipled. So just like Paul, many of us find ourselves in a dilemma. If we look around this church, if we look around outside, we will see all those people that I mentioned earlier. Unsaved believers who you have seen before, who needs to be mentored, who needs to be encouraged. This is our job. And maybe we're, you know, we have something that they need. And you'll be surprised. There's a lot of that. Longingness. What are you longing for? For uh, uh, couples who just got married, what are they longing for? Apart from the material things like a house, a car, or whatnot. But to build a family, what do they long for? A child. To complete the family in a sense. They long for that. They can't wait to see a, a, a junior Jose or a, you know, a, a princess uh, Leah or whatnot. But they are longing for that one day to at least have a complete family. Longingness, yearning, craving, hungry, hungry for, thirsty, wishful, hopeful, desire. These are the things that we live for in a sense, right? Um, in our home, we, we, we crave from time to time pokeball. You know, it's a very healthy food. And, and we, we from time to time would like that. 
and I always asked my, my kids to buy me because they have money now. But this is what you're craving for from time to time. Right? You, you want to have something. In Paul's case, he desires for even though he dies, it's a gain. Okay? He, if he lives, it's a gain. That's his, what he's longing for. Both sides. That's why it's a win-win situation. As Paul struggled with this great dilemma, he had several different desires or longingness. One, he had desire to leave. L-E-A-V. For to me, to leave is Christ and to die is gain. 23. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which better by far. Right? Uh, I used to say to some uh, things with my family too, I would say, you know, if I die tomorrow, it's better for me. Because I don't have to pay taxes. And uh, for those people who are staying behind, then they will have to deal with that every March or April or whatnot. But for me, it's, it's a joke. But sometimes it's not a good joke. Okay, my wife would stare at me. No, no, you don't die. So, but for for Paul, he has this particular torn in between. But whichever the choice he will have, okay, it's always a gain. But mind you, this choice, he, will, he can only say it because he is a follower, a believer of Jesus Christ. We have to analyze ourselves if we have that particular state of mind and status of life. If we're walking the way Christ wants us to walk, yes, we could say that. It is clear that Paul greatly desired to leave this walk of life and enter into eternity with his Savior. This is understandable considering struggles that he had endured. He describes some of his difficulties in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. He states that he had been in and out of prison, whipped time, and again, five separate times, he had received 39 lashes. Many times he had faced death. On three occasions he was beaten with rods. He had been stoned, shipwrecked, and lost at sea. He had traveled many weary miles, uh, been robbed and beaten. He was persecuted by Jews, Gentiles, and hypocrites. He encountered danger in cities, desert, on the, on the, and on the sea. Um, he did without food when he was hungry and sufficient clothes when he was cold. Along with all of this, he carried a heavy burden for all the churches. It is no wonder that Paul was homesick to be with the Lord. Here, if you choose one of those things that happened to him, did it ever happen to you? Being stoned? Uh, robbed, maybe, beaten, um, maybe bullied in school or whatnot. 
Maybe, you, but what's that? For Paul, he went through all these things. That's why he was saying, Lord, boy. I mean, if I am, if I am to be taken by, by the Lord now, that would be good for me. Um, along with all this, he carried a heavy burden. And that's one of the things too. He carried a heavy burden with some of these church members or followers. And it's not easy. Sometimes you'd be better off be, be slapped in the face than carry a burden of someone in the church or for a friend or a family. Because that's long-lasting. A slap in the face will only last for a few maybe hours or day. But that one stays a long way. The apostle had had faced even more hardship since he had penned those words in 2 Corinthians. In fact, the words were read in Philippians were written while Paul was bound in a Roman prison. Not only he was imprisoned, he was getting older and his health was failing. Though his body was deteriorating, his soul was getting stronger. And every day he longed for heaven more and more and more and more. The same is true for maybe some of us or many of us. We look at the troubles of this life and we get homesick for heaven. We would always say, Lord, please take me. When will this end? Can I have a rest now? No, you're not done yet, my son. That will be the answer that we'll be getting. You still have a mission. This is just a portion of what you're doing. One of the reasons why we long for heaven is actually, if you read Revelation 21.4, what does it say? That's why we want to see that place. It says, God shall, what? Wipe away all tears from our eyes. This is actually one of, this is actually my favorite verse in the scripture. There shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Our life is filled with sorrow. But in heaven, we will never sit in a hospital room and watch our parents suffer. We will not be seeing all what we see right now on television regarding people falling down because of the particular virus. We will not be seeing now being shown on TV or whether it's fake news or not, but people put in their bags and put in incinerators because they don't want to spread that particular virus. How of, how of a value of a body of a person when he was alive and now you just put them in incinerators, right? Never again will we see our children hurt and struggle. We will not have to stand beside a casket and shed a tear at the loss of a spouse. 
There will be no more bad news from the doctor. Uh, you have like 30 days to live, 60 days to live. Three years after, you're still alive. Because of God's presence in you too. In fact, there will be no more doctors there. We will not have to deal with cancer, diabetes, heart diseases, arthritis, strokes, Alzheimer's, any ailment. One of the reasons why I decided, and I'm still not changing at this point in time, to go to the Philippines is because of my mother. People have been warning me not to go because of what's happening. But I said no, because I need to see my mom. I want to see see her still remember me. Because every year it changes. And it's not easy. In that place, there will be no more hospitals, nursing homes, and funeral homes. We will not have to deal with this old, broken down, decaying bodies. Because there will be, there we will have a new, eternal, glorified body. That alone is enough to make us long for heaven. The reason for all of the problems and sorrows that we face in this life can be tracked down because of our sin. If you listen to the news and watch all this, I mean, there's different news. You have all different versions about this virus thing. You will see different versions. Once again, one against the government, one for the government. This is what the government is saying. This is not what the government is not saying. And this is the truth. And all those things, uh, con- um, uh, what's this, uh, cons- conspiration or whatnot, conspiracy theory. There's a lot of versions. You go crazy. Where is God in all these discussions? Where is Christ in all these discussions? You cannot find them. Instead of us turning to God and turning to Christ and turning for solutions, go back to the Bible. Maybe, maybe there's cure in the Bible that we just don't see. Levitical law is telling us to wash our hands and clean them very well, right? But we're not doing it because we don't follow the scripture. It's all there, how to be clean and how to be well, physically, spiritually. The Bible is a complete instruction from God and people is not using them. They all have these labs and pictures and, you know, testing animals and all those things. Why don't we go back to the scripture? Maybe they can find something there. Secondly, we're going to a place with no more sin. Revelation 21:27, And there shall be no wise enter into that place anything that defile it, neither whatsoever worketh abomination. Nothing in heaven. That's why we long for heaven. How great to know that sin cannot follow us to that wonderful place. I, you know, we are, we, we're, we're sick and tired of, of, uh, of, of sin. You know, we tried our best, we struggle, we fall down, we come back again. It's like a cycle. And uh, it's, it's very tiring, right? And because of what you see around you, you're tempted to, do, uh, to be subjected to failure. 
And that is very, very hard at times. And you get tired of it and just say, Lord, please take me. We become tired to live in a world of sin. But the good thing is that we are delivered because of our belief and failure and uh, belief and following of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because Christ saved us and delivered us. That is the key and most important thing. That is the only hope we have. Heaven is a place with no more murder, adultery, homosexuality, covetousness, jealousy, greed, pride, anger, hate, war or any other transgressions, discrimination. That is reason enough for us to long and leave. And it will be better you know, to, to understand this too. This week I heard on the radio, well it's on the radio, it happened here in the South Shore. It's sad but true. A kid went to school and uh, the classmates came across, uh, came to her and said, uh, you're Chinese, right? Maybe you heard it in the news. And, uh, and she, the, the little girl said, yes. So the mom was interviewed on, on the radio. And the girl said, yes, I'm, I'm Chinese. Well, so the classmates around her saying, well, you know, you, you have the coronavirus, right? How far can we go with this? Just because a person is Chinese, you just said to judge that? And she's a student. She lives in the South Shore. She's not even to China, most probably. She's born here and not even to that place. And people, the classmates, imagine, the schoolmates have mentioned that. It is sad, but that's the world we live in. Another thing, when we are going to a place where there is no more Satan. Satan desires to defeat and destroy the children of God. He is very powerful and will do all that he can do to see we or see us suffer and fail. That is what he's trying to do. Whatever the, the things that's happening now, whatever it is, whoever plotted it, whether it's an accident, whether it's... For me, that's a very demonic mindset. To test a bacteria or a viral thing, spread it in, in, the, you know, in the air, and then people dying? If that is a true statement... But that's satanic. If you have a normal heart for the living, if you have a normal heart and desire, like Paul is, to save people and give them eternal life through Christ our Savior, you will never, never, never have that thought in life. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because we're adver- adversary the devil as a roaring lion walked about, walked about, seeking whom he may devour. 
When we seek to live a life that is holy and pleasing to God, our ad- adversary will do all that he can to get us to fall. I don't know when, when with your experience, when you became a, a, a Christian, when you, when you realized and you accepted Christ, that day was a day of rejoicing. Right? But the following day became a day of testing. Because definitely Satan was not happy that you turn your life to Christ and therefore here he is going to say, whoops, okay, I'm going to try you, test you, tempt you. Not even test, tempt. Testing is not his, his thing. Revelation 20.10 And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Is that not a success? Is that not a good place to be with? Because He will not be there and God our Father will be there. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be there. The, the Holy Spirit will be there. It's, and whoever is a, a believer that you know will be there to join. You'll be safe. Paul had the desire to leave, L-E-A-V-E. Paul as well had the desire to live, like L, pronouncing it well or not, live and leave. <laughs> so, to leave, L-I-V-E. Okay, please correct me. Um, but if I live in the flesh, okay, this is the fruit of my labor. Okay, if I, if I am to go on living in the body, Another version. This will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet, what shall I choose? I do not know. He's confused. Or not confused. Confusion is not from God, right? We know that. But he just cannot choose which one. But at the end of the day, who will choose? Christ. God will choose for him, not him to choose. So, if he lives... Right? If he, he will be able to do his labor still. And that's the key. While we're leaving, like Paul, we need to continue our labor. We need to continue what we're supposed to do. We need to, you know, with what's going on around, now it's a wake-up call for us to have more of a reaching out for people. Here Paul states that for him, living means living for Christ. Though he faced extreme difficulty and suffered great hardships, and even though he knew that a better place was waiting for him in heaven, he had an intense desire to leave. A natural desire in every human being is to continue to live. Am I right? 
Who wants to be dead by now? Nobody wants, right? Nobody wants. Who has been at the bedside of a dying person? Can somebody raise their hands? How difficult that was. If you can only extend his life while you're there seeing them dying, and the only thing you can do is what? Pray. And say, Lord, please prolong his life. The family needs him or her. He still have a lot of things to do. He's a very good person. And yet, at the very end, they pass away. Usually their bodies were, were ravaged or destroyed by the disease. And an attempted cure does not help. People who have cancer, what do they go through? Radiation, chemotherapy, and all these things. It's not easy. You see them you know, slowly weakening and suffering and all these things. Uh, the, the loss of hair and all those things that you see them slowly, slowly, slowly going down. Uh, many of us would like to live as long as possible. What's the average rate of men and women living on earth right now? Anybody who knows? In, in Canada or in Montreal, what's the average for men and women? Four? For women? I think for women it's more. The 90s and I still see 90s. And uh, for men it's 80, maybe. In our, in our family, I jokingly have this to my, with my wife too because my family from my grandfather to now is 75. So I'm 55 now. I told my wife I only have 20, 20 years to live. She didn't like it. So anyways, but we want to prolong our life by what? Eating good food, exercising, and all those things. Am I right? But what if we do this? Apart from the physical exercise that we do, taking care of our body and all these things, why don't we share the gospel? Why, we, why don't we extend the life, our life, by doing some things that are needed and required of us by Christ to share the gospel? And for those who are not believers yet, who are not into this, I invite you to be into this because it's a win-win situation. Some of our kids would like to go to college and have plans. And then at the end we say, enjoy life. Really? Yes, they could enjoy life, there's no doubt. But there's no doubt also that they can, as young people, 
share the gospel. As young as they are, they have the ability, capability, the knowledge now as they are opening the scripture to share the gospel. That is also their function as young kids. Sharing the gospel is not only for us elders, but also for young kids. Because that is what God has called us upon. Then there's a third one that Paul has been having a desire and craving for. The desire to labor. Verse 24. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. For us, if Paul is here, would say, no, 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 Paul, please stay. Don't talk about death. Okay? We want you to stay. Don't leave, please. Why? Okay? Because he wants, he wants to still work with us. I know, and, and having this confidence, it says here, I convinced you this, I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith, so that through my being with you again, your joy in Christ Jesus will overflow on account of me. He wants to stay because he wants to labor. And I also pray and hope that for us, that we want to stay, we want to prolong our lives, but please, we need to labor and uh, reach out for people who does not know Christ as of yet. In this case, actually, Paul's life was extended for about four to five years before Christ took him home. What he did not know was there are there was still work to be done and he was ready and willing to serve his master. The apostle wanted to reach people with the gospel. He wanted to, those converts to be discipled. He wanted the churches to be strengthened. He wanted these things to be accomplished. And this is again through our Lord Jesus Christ. Do we spend our days working for the Savior? Are the things that we are focused on things that will last throughout eternity? What did Jesus say in Matthew 6.19? Anybody? Lay not up ourselves treasure upon treasures upon earth where moth and rust that corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up uh, for ourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust nor corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. The ultimate goal of our life should not be to, to leave our family a great monetar- of, of monetary inheritance when we die too. Okay, 
We, uh, the, the tendency sometimes, okay, there's an insurance coming, a, a guy selling insurances and say, oh, you know, you, you want to buy insurance so that when, your fam- when you die, your family has this and that. And the tendency of some people, they will get like uh, uh, two million worth of what's to be left behind to the family or one million or whatnot. That's not how it works. It's not going to help your family. It's actually destroy your family. There is enough reason for you to protect them, but not to that extent. Like you become a lottery. That when you die, they become millionaires. That's not the principle of insurance or life insurance. There's more into that. It is just possible to leave a legacy that will last throughout eternity. When we leave our life for Christ, we can indeed store up treasures in heaven. We'd like to have the final words from Paul. And this is in 2 Timothy 4.6. says, For I am ready now, for I am now ready to be offered. And the time of my departure is at hand. Seven, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the fate. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord and the, right, the righteous judge shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love His appearing. He said this as a final. Basically, He knew what's going to happen. Or He just sensed it. But you see in the scripture, in verse 7, he says, I have fought a good fight. We need to do that before we could say this, okay? That I'm done, I'm finished. Did you fight a good fight? Check first. I have finished my course. Did you finish your course? Did we finish our course? Not the diploma that you get in school. Not that one. I'm talking about your course in being and walking with Christ and what we need to do. I have kept my faith. Are you keeping your faith? Are we keeping our faith? Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. And that's the gift and that's the bonus that we are Wanting from our Lord Jesus Christ. Me, I don't want to look at the crown of righteousness. I just want to be in heaven. Even though I'm just a cleaning guy, you know, with the golden road or streets. The streets of gold. I don't care. Just being, being in heaven would be fine with me. But not only to him, to Paul, but unto all of them also that love his appearing. I'm going to get again to close. Well, wait, I would like to show a summary, basically, of what Philippians 18 to 26 is. 
Last time, the passage, uh, I, I actually adapted the screenshots and the, of Pastor Brent. Okay, so that it will be familiar to everybody. Last, what, last was a passage full of? Anybody? The last week's passage was a passage full of? Surprises. This week, this one is a passage full of longingness from Paul. Longingness, and this is what I've discussed earlier. Leave to be with Christ, to live, stay with the fellow believers, and labor to spread the good news. This is his longingness. Paul was tied up to the well-being of other believers rather than his own. As always, in our case, are we having the same thing? I want to take again another portion of a reference from um, uh, Don Carson. I love this, uh, this reading here. We are confessing the gospel that God himself has provided a redeemer who died. The just for the unjust to bring us to himself. Without this gospel, we are totally, totally cut off. I added a totally. Without hope in this world or the next and utterly undone. Compared with this good news, what could possibly compete Put the gospel first. One of the one of the uh, you know important things that we need to understand is basically putting the gospel first. There's no other thing. Whether we face danger, we face uh, happiness or whatnot, put the gospel first, and definitely so we will be able to walk along. As difficult as this may be, we too need to develop the attitude of Paul, having a genuine desire to meet the Lord and yet remain committed to the work we've been given until the Lord calls us home. We want to be found faithful when He calls us. And as we examine the admission of, admission of Paul, I think you will be the same way. You'll just be torn between the two. But nevertheless, it's a win-win situation. Amen. For the benediction, this is from Jude 24 and 25. To him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy, to the only God our Savior be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen.